1: Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow along with Tom Keene and Michael McKee on the opening bell. Brought to you by Marks Paneth LLP, ranked among the top three forensic accounting firms in New York by the New York Law Journal. For the sixth year in a row, visit MarksPaneth.com. And the S&P 500 has little change at the open. It's a 21.01. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down about a tenth of a percent, down nine points to 18,043. The NASDAQ little changed, up a point to 49.41. And the 10-year Treasury is up one thirty-second to yield 1.77 percent. Yield on the two-year, 0.76 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 2.4 percent or 98 cents to $40.10 a barrel. COMEX gold is down a tenth of a percent or $1.10 to $12.53.30 an ounce. The euro, $1.1355. The yen, 109.38. Tom and Mike.
2: Karen, uh, thanks so much. 11 percent out the door. That gets anybody's attention. One of our themes is morning, Intel. Here's David Wilson.
0: Morning, Tom. Intel is actually holding up relatively well at the moment, just down uh, four-tenths of a percent. That said, the chipmaker expects to be less profitable and have lower revenue this quarter than analysts surveyed by Bloomberg were expecting. Uh, Intel said the personal computer market will do worse this year than others expect, and the company's cutting as many as 12,000 jobs, or 11% of its workforce. Coca-Cola out with earnings. The stock's down 3%. The soft drink maker's profit only beat the average estimate by one cent a share for the third straight quarter, and sales were in line with projections. Uh, Intel and Coca-Cola, both in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So is Boeing. That stock down 2.5%. The plane maker was cut to the equivalent of sell from neutral at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Yahoo up 3.5%. The web portal's quarterly sales beat the average estimate, even though they fell below a billion dollars for the first time since 2005. Uh, and speaking of deals, which Yahoo is reviewing at this point, you've got EMC up about 2.5%. Chief Executive Joe Chucci said in a statement that the maker of data storage systems is on track for a $67 billion takeover by Dell. Now, EMC's first quarter earnings and revenue trail analyst estimates. The numbers look better out of the company's VMware unit, and that stock's up 11%. The software maker's profit and sales for the first quarter beat projections. VMware raised its full-year earnings forecast and plans to buy back as much as $1.2 billion of stock this year. One more for you. One more. Lexmark International up 10%. The printer maker accepted a $3.6 billion takeover offer from a group headed by China's Apex Technology, a producer of printer cartridges. David Wilson,
2: thank you so much. Mike, I got good news. The dreaded Yankees are the only – this is the one day of the year I like the dreaded Yankees. They're the (laughs) only thing – between last place and the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> yes, we're, all I can say constructive.
3: We're, we're three weeks into the baseball season, and uh, Tom has already written the Red Sox Not yet. off for the year. Not yet. I mean, days, you, were, you were down days. on them uh, when they lost their first game of the year. And, of course, the Red Sox uh, are looking up at the Baltimore Orioles. And for that, uh, we give uh, congratulations at least so far in this young season to the chief operating officer of the team and the man who uh, basically runs the franchise on the business side, John Angelos. Thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, What is the state of baseball in terms of, uh, of the business side?
4: Mike, Tom, thanks for having me here. It's a it's a pleasure to be back at Bloomberg. Uh, I think it's my second or third time. Yeah, yeah?
3: you're you're going to become. Uh, this is, we're going to paint the studio orange.
4: Fact, well, the last time I was here, it's I it's
2: th- not a big deal. Mrs. Yawkey was here a lot. <laughs>
4: <laughs> last time I was here, we were on the way to winning the division title, so hopefully this will have the same uh, kind of impact on our on our organization. I,
3: you, you win the World Series, Tom and I get rings, right? Because it's a <laughs> really good luck chargers. A couple of
4: rings each, <laughs> yeah. actually, friends and family rings. Um, Mm-hmm. You know I, I love being at Bloomberg but if for nothing else, not just because it's prestigious, but because you guys feed the guests so well here <laughs> this elegant campus at uh, at your complex is lovely so, uh, the state of uh, the state of uh, uh, the business in major league baseball, I think um, you know baseball's model is a different one from football basketball hockey. We are a very low price point high volume industry that really welcomes everybody under a big tent and says we have a lot of games, we have a lot of seats, and we sell about 75 million tickets a year, which is far, far more than the other three major sports leagues combined. So we're an event-driven business, and our goal is to grow that 75 million, which is, we've been in that 70, 75 million tickets for the last Five years, seven years. We want to grow that to eighty, eighty-five million 85 million as part of a long term marketing plan.
3: How difficult is that to do uh, when you have so much competition these days? And people talk about young people. You know, no longer being having the attention span to sit through something like a sporting event, let alone a baseball game, because uh, they're so used to the app culture of it's got to be immediate, got to be right now.
4: Yeah, I get the question about demographic challenges is certainly one that baseball has, but I would say any form of entertainment always has a demographic challenge. You're always looking ahead, so when you're when you're in the high volume type of business that model that we that we talked about, you need to be cognizant of that. But, um, you know, whether it's uh, on television, on radio, on digital platforms or the live entertainment event, um, when you cume up all of the impressions and all of the eyeballs and all of the people doing the most important thing is getting up off their couch and attending a live event. I think baseball is well situated. Um, is the game, you know, is there, is, are there attention span issues or is the, will the game survive that? I think that's just a challenge and an opportunity. The better we market it. Um, the more it will improve over time, and it's been pretty pretty robust um, given given our numbers and given the growth of the industry to nine or ten billion.
3: Is, that, uh, is the future bright in the short run um, in, in this world where um, we have you have so much competition? Uh, are you just holding your own, or is, are you actually moving forward? You said you you're selling 75 million seats for a number of years.
4: Right. I think, I think the, 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 certainly after the turn down in the economy in 2008, everybody took a step back. And at that point, mm-hmm. baseball redoubled its marketing uh, uh, efforts. I think the big challenge in front of us is, is competitive balance for the future. The NFL has a very elegant competitive balance system where a team in a market, uh, market the size of Green Bay can compete with the New York Giants, which is a wonderful thing for fans because fans then think right. they're in it every year
2: where are you on that what i hear constantly from people with their love of the game mike and myself included is where's the urgency of the elite of baseball is that urgency there in 2016
4: if you ask this team the orioles i would say the urgency is absolutely when you there.
2: go to league meetings is the urgency there
4: I think among there, I think there are several groups and points of view on that. I think some of the larger market clubs take a view that they're already paying substantial revenue sharing, and perhaps that that's not the best model to grow a league. Mm-hmm. I think the clubs at the bottom end of the spectrum sure. take a view that more revenue sharing is necessary. I think where you where you need to look in order to get to the right answer is some of the examples other leagues have set. The NFL has been incredibly balanced over a long period of time, and I think that's really served their growth right, well. Right. The NBA and the NHL have moved down the continuum towards the NFL. Absolutely. And, no and, question about and it. that seems to be the right answer. Less than 10 years ago, you had 70, mm-hmm. 70% of the NHL clubs were, were having financial distress, right. and that's not the case anymore.
2: The Royals, which I'm going to say is a small market team, did better than good last year. Right. The game ended at 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I urge you to single-handedly fix that. That is insane,
4: I don't, building the sport. I don't disagree, yeah. uh, I, and I would say that fans don't disagree. And the most important thing is it's not that you and I agree. It's that fans often say that very same thing. Yeah. So, So one way to solve that is... You don't necessarily make all of your programming lineup decisions based on an extra dollar you can get in a media rights deal. Right. And and the way you solve that is look at the Royals. The Royals winning the World Series. Is that evidence of competitive balance or a team that achieved in the absence of it? I think it's more the latter. They achieved in the absence of it. Royals fans are going to say, how do I keep our team together? Let's not schedule games so late just to grind out an extra right. dollar. Let's fix the system. A lot to talk about
2: uh, uh, coming up here. We'll continue this discussion on the economics and business of sports. Uh, the market opened f- uh, the down negative three.
3: This Hour of Surveillance brought to you by BMW Mount Kisco. Visit bmwmountkisco.com. Let's check in with Michael Barr and get the latest world of national headlines.
5: Mike, Tom, thank you very much. A Senior strategist for Democrat Bernie Sanders says the campaign will take a step back and then decide publicly what his intentions are. Following Hillary Clinton's win in the New York primary yesterday, she now leads the delegate count 1,930 to 1,189, including superdelegates. During last night's victory party for Clinton, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo was critical of what he called the Republican Party's aggression toward different people.
0: What we're saying in New York is, don't you ever try to turn us one against another.
5: Republican Donald Trump is campaigning today in Maryland and Indiana. Trump had a strong win in yesterday's New York primary, winning 89 of the 95 Republican delegates. It looks like Ted Cruz was shut out in winning any delegates. Ecuador is still feeling strong tremors following Saturday night's magnitude 7.8 quake that killed at least 525 people. Early this morning, there was a 6.1 magnitude jolt. The strongest aftershock since the quake. No reports of any new damage. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom.
2: Michael, thanks so much. Coming up, we continue with John Angelos. We'll talk about the first place. Baltimore Orioles, maybe we'll talk about Camden Yards. What a success that's been. John Angelos next. He needs to fix Duke basketball. It's Bloomberg Surveillance.
3: Bloomberg Chevale. It's brought to you by Bentley University's Prepared You Project. Are millennials ready for the workplace? The Prepared You Research Study has answers that might surprise you. Visit Bentley.edu slash prepared to download an infographic overview.
0: Global business news, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by New York Community Bank and New York Commercial Bank, the NYCB family of banks. Bank with confidence anywhere you see the NYCB logo. Visit nycbfamily.com. U.S. stocks, little change, with the S&P 500 hovering at a four-month high while crude oil slips for the fifth time in six days. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Again, the SP 500, little changed at 2,100. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, also little changed at 18,052. The Nasdaq's down a tenth of a percent or six points to 49,33. 10 year Treasury up 3.32 seconds. The yield, 1.77%. Yield on the two year, 0.75%. NYMEX crude oil down 1.9% or 79 cents to $40.29 a barrel. COMEX gold up 30 cents. It's little change at 12.54.70 an ounce. The Euro, $1.13.44. The Yen, 109. The European Commission sending Google a formal antitrust complaint accusing the company of striking restrictive contracts that prevent makers of tablets and phones from adding competing apps and web browsers. Google Parent Alphabet shares are down about two-tenths of a percent at $752.65. Discover Financial Services, the credit card issuer that's expanded to student lending and unsecured personal loans, climbing the most in more than three years after first-quarter profit beat analyst estimates on gains in card spending. It shares up 7.3%. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike.
3: Karen, thank you very much. We're talking with uh, John Angelos, who is the uh, Chief Operating Officer of the Baltimore Orioles. Also, uh, people probably don't realize this, uh, you run the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, the the sports channel that carries the Orioles and carries the Washington Nationals. And I wanted to get at that as part of uh, the whole business because that has become a significant part of the business of running sports teams. So many now Either have their own network, have created their own network, or are partners uh, with someone in a network. That it's almost a, a tail wagging a dog to to some extent.
4: Yeah, the regional sports network space is um, there. There are approximately 35, 36 RSNs throughout the country. Most of them are the preponderance are owned by Fox, some by Comcast, and then by other entities. Some are independent, but as you mentioned, Mike, that invariably, or almost invariably, uh, the majority of the clubs have some degree of investment, equity stake in their regional sports network that carries their games. Um, And and it has become an increasingly larger percentage of the overall industry revenues. Now, baseball still relies heavily on the live game ticket sales, food and beverage sales, uh, merchandise, and so forth, more so than the other sports. But over the last 23 years that I've been in this, if you look at a pie chart, yes, media revenues have taken a greater and greater chunk of the pie.
3: Now, everybody says... uh... You look at normal TV channels, and there seems to be this view that uh, going a few years out, they're going to be dinosaurs. Everybody is going to be watching on their mobile phone or whatever. Can you envision a day where your investment in mass and it, it, it's not a big deal because you've got the Orioles app or whatever?
4: I definitely cannot envision that day, but but uh, you know I think seriously, you, you, you what what we would do. Um, what a regional sports network would do, uh, regardless of its ownership, whether it could be a Fox RSN, is they would reprice and repackage the way that they distribute their content. So whether you're using multiple platforms or you're transitioning or substituting, as you say, a digital for a linear platform, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's it's just a question of pricing and packaging more than
2: anything is else. Is Apple TV your friend or enemy? I,
4: I, I think all those platforms and all those devices that are out there are our are, are friend. Um, we will always have what the FCC is called must-have programming. That's what gives us tremendous high value to the franchises and the league as a whole. And all you need do is price it properly. I think there's a, the jury still out too on this linear digital divide. What's
2: and that mean? Translate that.
4: Well, I think if there's a there's a book out recently. Uh, a television is the new television, and it talks about yeah. the the triumph of of the traditional platforms over digital ones. And I think. The the issue of what platforms will come to the top or will retain their preeminence is going to be a function of what's the most efficient way for the consumer to buy their content today. If you get a high-speed broadband Internet connection, it will cost the consumer $60 a month. Add one service to that, Netflix, $12, $13, let us see, call it 10 even. Add a Hulu, add, add a sports. And you're there. And you're pretty much there. Why not I just agree. buy the bundle and then go through a gating and authenticating process to allow the consumer access to additional platforms? Real question is if you look at packages like the Sling, Dish Sling package, the Verizon packages, etc., what's in them and what's the price-to-value ratio? That's, I think, going to be the answer as to how we ultimately distribute. But I think sports is going to be very well positioned irrespective of how that unfolds.
3: Well, as people cut the cord, how do you make sure they're including you in what they have?
4: Well, in in a, in a bundled model, in, in the traditional pay television model, that is absolutely going to be a question for us to resolve. Now, in a direct to consumer model, I think you're going to have a much higher price point, and there'll be a, there'll be a lot of shakeout for the industry. There'll be networks that go out of business and employees in the TV space that will won't, won't have jobs, and that'll be transitional um, and and unfortunate, I think, because I think the package today is very robust, but. Where I think you'll see most of the loss will be in more niche programming, mm-hmm. uh, arts and entertainment, um, uh, cultural programming, minority program, women's programming, and and I think that would be a tremendous a tremendous loss to the system. Yeah. I, I think those types of programming make the bundle a good bundle for society.
2: I mean, Mike, all I can do is, is look at what I see at home, and the answer is sports is the only thing that binds us to traditional media. It's sports. That's it. I mean, the rest has been taken over by... Amazon Prime or Apple Movies
3: or, or, or whatever. But it's, uh, from from yeah. many people, it is That's must sad. have. But uh, what's the best model? You have the National Football League; they sell their games on a national basis to the television networks. Baseball hasn't done that. You retain your own local broadcast rights. Is that likely to continue?
4: Well, I think baseball's done a, a combination. Baseball has, at the national level, taken its uh, All-Star Game and postseason packages, and broken them into sub-packages and sold them in rights agreements to major networks, ESPN and Fox and others. Um, at the regional level, we've also um, sold our rights to RSNs, but in many cases, as we talked about, there are equity stakes in those RSNs. Um, the NFL does a single national package; it's really a different, you know, a different way that they monetize it. Um, I don't see baseball going to that uh, for a lot of really good. Uh, 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 economic reasons but as a practical reason there are clubs that have signed long term deals for decades out into the future at the RSN level um, so I, I think that's the model now if if a Fox started to go to their RSNs more of a streamed model or a combination of a la carte and bundled I think a lot of that what you're seeing is you're seeing the MVPDs, the distributors out there trying different packages and seeing what the consumer wants. There's also a question about this theoretical millennial uh, buyer and where they're headed. Are they always going to want their content for nothing? Is that a sustainable business model? It didn't work in the music business. You really saw the record labels demonetize the industry by unbundling and essentially now giving away product for free. That has had a trickle down effect on everybody in that business producers, artists, songwriters, the entire publishing industry. It really wasn 't good for business, and i don 't know that it was good for the consumer either well if you don't
3: uh, if you retain your own broadcast rights so that 's a significant part of your revenue, then how do you get to the revenue sharing model that you're looking for to even out
4: competition well you know, I I think some people, people and fans and, and 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 of all different ask that question too. They say, well, what's the, what's similar, what's different about creating a competitively balanced system in baseball from say football? And one one thing that's proffered is, well, in football, say 75% of the gross revenues come through the league portal and the rest through the teams locally, and baseball is really the mirror image where 75% of the money is generated by the individual 30 clubs. So does that make it any different in in, in your ability to balance the league, have full revenue sharing and salary caps and floors? Mm-hmm. My answer is no. It doesn't make a difference how the money comes in. It's just it's a question of what rules you put in place to distribute it.
2: Uh, Carl Bialik over at 5:38, uh, great statistic blog, great, great um, value all in all. Average length of a game, the chart is stunning. The Orioles have been leaders in that. I looked at a team chart. The Rays, I guess, are the worst team in terms of slow motion. A game, it's gone from the good news was 170 minutes, and it spiked right back up over 11 years to like 185 or 188 minutes from one source. Do you see any improvement in what I remember as a kid when Dizzy Dean was the announcer? (laughs) John's looking at me like, God, he's that old. (laughs) I remember the Orioles. I do not remember the Orioles when they were the St. Louis Browns. Full disclosure. Where are we on speeding up the game and not doing the Nomar Garcia part? i got to fix my gloves.
4: Well, I, I think, first of all, let me see. My brother, Lewis, and I used to play Earl Weaver uh, a baseball on the computer about 20 years ago, and Dizzy Dean was one of the pitchers. So um, if, if for no other reason, I know a lot of those uh, uh, players from the, the rich history of Major League Baseball. Um, so it's nice to hear that name. Uh, you know, I think that the, there has been an effort to speed the game up. Um, I I think that's a good thing. I think fans like it. Um, I I, I, I would also, though, I would prefer a game uh, that you refer to, the era that you refer to where games move along more quickly. I think most people would. Uh, On the other hand, I I don't think I want to commoditize the games. I hope we don't commoditize the games so much that it becomes only about about the span of time, not about the quality.
2: Out of time. Come back if you're in first place May 1st.
4: I like that idea because it's
2: great therapy to speak to a winner. Good morning, Bloomberg 1130 New York. Good morning, Bloomberg 1200 Boston. John Angelos of the first place Baltimore Baltimore. Aereos in Bloomberg 991 FM.